listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Casual Friday. Oh, I've been waiting for this day. It's the 24th of September. You are listening to Recap, made for you by Sharesies. And in case you don't know, Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. Stick this financial disclaimer in your mouth and smoke it. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Yeah, I'm so ready for Friday, I have to say. Uh, Same. Ready for the weekend. I just said that little head bop to the music just then. Yeah. I'm ready for the weekend. Yeah, definitely. When you get your feet tapping to the recap theme, no better way to start start the weekend. Uh, now, as you probably know, like for Casual Friday, we usually invite a guest from the Sheezy's team onto the show. Um, uh, but this week, we thought we'd invite someone from the outside world to join us. So earlier this week, I talked to Sonia. She is the co-host of an investing and personal finance podcast called Girls That Invest. Uh, we'll play the conversation uh, I had with Sonia later in this episode. I'm excited for that. Uh, but before we get into it today, I thought that I'd give a quick update on something we talked about yesterday. All right. So what's that? Uh, well, actually, you talked about this yesterday. It's about Pacific Edge, the cancer diagnostics company, and how it was raising some capital. So we talked about how it was undertaking a share placement yesterday. So trying to raise $60 million by issuing new shares. Right. So what's the update? Uh, Pacific Edge released an update this morning on how that placement went. Turns out they had heaps of demand, so much so that even though they'd set out to raise $60 million from this process, they actually decided to raise $80 million because they had so much interest. Mm. Now, even with that increased amount of money, Pacific Edge said they had interest well in excess of $80 million. So they actually had to turn down uh, some investors, unfortunately, uh, for those who wanted to invest but missed their cut. Okay, so they raised $20 million more than what they set out to do. From memory yesterday, we said that Pacific Edge wanted to raise $20 million through a retail offer. Will that still go ahead? It sure is. Uh, so that's set to open on the 28th of September. Shall we move to the States, Jose? Because it looks like supply chain issues are making life challenging for Nike. Yes. Yeah, I feel like we've talked a lot about disruptions in the global movement of goods and materials lately. Lately? I mean lately. <laughs> it seems like no one is immune to the issues it can cause, least of all uh, Nike. Uh, I say Nike. You said, you said Nike. Yeah. Which, which one is it, do you think? I mean, I've always said Nike. I've always said Nike. Uh, yeah. Ooh. I mean, I guess I, I could research it, but if you, if you know. I'm going to look this up over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. You tell me on Monday. <laughs> and if, if anybody right. out there knows exactly how to pronounce it, let us know. Um, but least of all, Nike, who overnight in New Zealand time revised its 2022 sale expectations, and they warned of delays during the Christmas shopping season. Okay, so the supply chain uh, issues are maybe not surprising considering that most of their manufacturing is outside of the US 
right? Uh, hmm. So what specifically are the problems here? You're right, yeah. Most of their product is made in Vietnam where the government has ordered industry shutdowns because of the pandemic. Now, Vietnam's lockdowns look like they're set to continue until the end of September, but apparently it'll take even longer for Nike to get their factories up and running again. Nike says they've lost 10 weeks of production so far and it'll take several months to ramp up to full production again. And layered on top of that are shipping delays. It's taking twice as long to move goods from Asia to the US, around about 80 days in fact. Okay, and then what have they been saying about their future sales? Well, they're still expecting growth, just not as much as they thought. They now expect a mid-single-digit increase in full-year sales growth versus the low double-digit increase it had previously estimated. Uh, the first quarter sales increased to $12.3 billion uh, American dollars from $10.6 billion in the same period last year, not quite meeting expectations of $12.5 billion. Uh, but their profit grew. Shrinking inventories meant uh, prices weren't being discounted, and in some cases they increased. Net income swelled to $1.9 billion versus $1.5 billion a year earlier. <laughs> All right, Alice, what's your casual Friday story for today? Well, I thought that, you know, heading into the weekend and thinking about mm-hmm. doing a bit of self-care, uh, we could take a look at Kiwi health and wellness company, Me Today. Right, Me Today. They sell those uh, health supplements, eh? Is, is that right? Yeah, they sure do. So the Me Today group owns and operates the Me Today brand. Uh, they sell those health and wellness products like collagen and skincare. You might have seen them in pharmacies. As a bit of a Friday fun fact, uh, All Black star Bowden Barrett is a brand ambassador for the company. So you may have seen his mug um, alongside Me Today products. Um, most recently, earlier in the year, Me Today acquired a Manuka honey company called King Honey. Right. So is that why they've been in the news recently? It is. Yesterday afternoon, Me Today provided an update to the market on the acquisition, where that's at, and just also a bit more of a general update. Okay, let's start on the honey side of things. Anything sweet happening there? I see what you did there. Uh, Me Today announced that this. Uh, so Me Today announced this acquisition back at the end of May. The acquisition was completed at the end of June. So over these past three months, Me Today said that King Honey's management and employees have been integrating into the Me Today business. So they're shifting offices and things like that. Mm, and what else has been happening? So King Honey owns two brands, uh, B Plus and Super Life. Since the acquisition, Me Today has been doing a brand refresh of Super Life. And in today's announcement, they said they're getting ready to launch this in New Zealand in October. And they're also working to launch the brand internationally. Me Today has also been working to expand their products range to include Manuka Honey. Uh, and they expect to launch this prior to Christmas this year. But what about the rest of the business? You said they gave a more general update as well. They did. Me Today said that they've continued to increase their sales and brand presence in New Zealand. Now, a key part of this is a partnership that they have with Green Cross Health. Now, that's the company that's behind the Life Pharmacy and uh, Unichem Pharmacy chains. Uh, they've also launched in Ireland and they're now uh, in 70 stores throughout the country. Um, although a lot, although like a lot of businesses around the world at the moment, Me Today did warn that COVID is impacting their performance. Right, how so? 
They said that lockdown restrictions make it difficult to carry out business, and this is impacting their operations in both New Zealand and internationally. Uh, then specifically in New Zealand, they said that the level four lockdown has impacted retail pharmacy sales. Is there anything else to note? Uh, yep, we can expect to get more details and updates on me today and how they're going in their half year results. Uh, in today's announcement, me today said that these are due to be released by the end of November. Thanks for that, Alice. No problem. Now, I'm keen to hear what you and Sonia were chatting about. Yes, so as I said at the top of the show, I had a chat with Sonia and she, along with her co-host Simran, they're on their own podcast called Girls That Invest. Sharesies actually sponsors the show, which is how it came across my radar. But Sim and Sonia are both millennials and they look at investing in personal finance through that lens. And so I asked Sonia to bring in an investing story or a topic to talk about and uh, this is how the conversation went. Hi Sonia. Hi, how's it going? It's good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And I'm really excited about uh, the topic that you have brought to the table yep it's an interesting one it's all about oat milk (laughs) it's all about oat milk amazing this makes me super happy because i'm 100 percent a believer in that oat milk is the superior milk so i'm really happy that we're talking about this yeah i mean i feel like that's a discussion that could go on for days which is the best milk but uh, it's a yeah i think it's a really interesting topic to bring to the table because like as i think i mentioned to you before you know, I just turned around one day and suddenly there was just oat milk as far as the eye could see in the supermarket. It's just mm-hmm. suddenly over, almost overnight. Yeah. Why oat milk? Why did you choose this topic to talk about? Um, I just think it's super timely because millennials and Gen Z were always looking for alternative options and it's gotten a lot of attention over the past two years, I'd say. Why, where does, do you even know how it's made? I'm pretty sure you put oats, like rolled oats in like a blender with maybe a bit of water, vanilla extract if you're fancy, and then you just blend and strain. I was going to, I was going to say, if I was a dad, I'd say, (laughs) well, you just milk the oats, don't you? You just squeeze them, guys. Oh no, I just missed a perfect opportunity for a dad joke. (laughs) That's on me. No, no, I I got you back on that one. It's all yeah. good. So, so what can you tell me about the industry? Like, what can you tell me about like who are the big, who's the big player in oat milk? Uh, probably the big gun in the oat milk industry, if you will, um, is a company called Oatly. A bit of background on the company: they were founded by two Swedish brothers in the 1990s after some research that they did in Lund University, and they've taken off in the past few years. The company actually IPO'd back in May this year, and they had its first public trade. Um, I think at $22, even though it was priced at 17 at the start. And it's quite an eye-catching brand. They're probably the brand that you see all over the supermarket and they're like used in Starbucks now as well. And can you give me a, like a sense of how big the company is? Yeah, um, they're actually valued at... 2 billion now. There was actually a little bit of controversy because back in 2020, they sold about 200 million US dollars to a um, investing group called the Blackstone Group. I don't know if you've heard of them. 
No, I haven't actually. Yeah, what, what are they all about? Um, with the Blackstone Group, um, essentially they're like an alternative investment management company. They're based in New York and they bought $200 million of Oatly and it kind of caused a little bit of controversy because the groups finance some companies that drive things like deforestation in the Amazon as well as some road development um, for um, in jungles for export for like food stuff. So for people that are consuming oat milk for more of like a sustainable um, option, it just made them revert to like different oat milk companies yeah i can see why that might be a bit controversial in some circles but what you're really talking about is what's called esg investing and i thought it might be a good idea to talk about that and explain exactly what esg investing means yeah absolutely um so it stands for environmental social and governance so essentially it's just a collective of ethics that people can look into when investing in particular stocks um, and looking into companies when they are doing their research because people look into way more than what a company's profit is or how well they're doing they really look into what the company stands for and what their values and um, beliefs are I mean, one of the interesting things I'm interested to talk to you about is like, you know, why ESG investing is popular with millennials. Yeah, I think it just circles back to us having alternative options, but millennials and Gen Z as well, we're just really hyper aware of what we're consuming and making conscious decisions with it. So we're looking at, you know, what the potential environmental or social impact of a particular product would be it kind of leads into the trend that everyone knows now that you can invest and you can invest ethically and you don't have to compromise your values and beliefs to start your investing journey well Sonia it's been awesome talking to you thank you so much no thank you for having me and letting me talk about oat milk for a Friday morning it was very (laughs) delightful indeed (laughs) There's no better time for it. It's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. No worries. Bye. And that was a cool chat. Yeah, I'm actually personally a massive, massive fan of oat milk. I, I, I've, I've never really indulged myself, I have to say. I just love <laughs> I'm just my- a I'm just a classic millennial. I love, I love oat milk. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I think that was made clear. Uh, I, but I really recommend checking out Girls That Invest if you're interested. Uh, they just did a really great two-part series uh, breaking down some of the bigger and more well-known ETFs out there, which I found super helpful. Oh, and that means that's it. The week's over. Thank you so much for listening. That was Recap for the 24th of September. And always, if you've enjoyed what you hear, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Hey, Terahina. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye.